What's up? It's Casey's Freak Show podcast with me, Casey Coop. And joining me today is Wendy Starling. Wendy is a comic, writer, and co-host of her own podcast, Jammers Pod. But mostly, she's a powerhouse. Performing primarily in New York and L.A., Wendy's so funny. She transcends that divide between being a comedy club comic and an alternative comic. She's just a funny bitch who gets booked everywhere. No topic is off limits, and her unapologetic bluntness about her personal demons helped me feel less shame in confronting mine. Wendy's sets are free as fuck, just like her. Welcome back to L.A., Wendy. Thank you, Kaze. That was such a nice intro. Thank you. I wrote it just for you. I love it. Thank you. I was like, how do I honor her grace How on her return to the homeland? And then watch the next episode I listened to. It's just the exact same intro with every just a different <laughs> name. I'm like, that fucking bitch. Just to fill in the blank. <laughs> how, you've been in New York two years now? Yeah, like two and a half years. It's so Whoa. nice. I You were in New York last time and we didn't get to see each other. I know. I was just there for a week and it flew by. Yeah. It was, I was very over. It was like a giant panic attack the whole time. That's what happened. How do you do it? Well, that's I was going to say. That's what happens. Megan was just out there. Yeah. And I I like New York better because I, I'm i like a high-strung person. And so I yes. naturally, when I go there, so because I'm so, like, I want to do 50,000 things at once. It's your pace. Right. And so then I, but in L.A., people would always tell me, like, you need to calm down. Yeah. You're too anxious. <laughs> like, relax. It's not that big of a deal. We can just, like, go, just fucking chill out, Wendy. Wendy. we got a chill culture here. Wendy, just chill. Just go to chill the beach. Culture. And I'm like, I want to try this. So I was, like, working a day job, then would work a part-time job to make extra money, was doing- In New York? No, in L.A. Oh, in L.A. So in L.A., it's like I worked at Whole Foods. I worked at a farmer's market That's on right. Sundays. And it was then, like creams in your purse that you got from your various organic jobs. Yeah. It was, like a bag full of creams, I remember. Oh, yeah. I was walking around with like, yeah, it was because I worked in the whole body department of Whole Foods. And so oh. I was just like covered in all these oils. And so we get a bunch of free shit. Oh, yeah. I always smelled yeah, yeah. like patchouli. Yeah. And just like <laughs> coconut oil and just like just such a hippie. With your the, skin looks fabulous, by the way. It all, it all paid off. Thank you. Well, it looks decent. I'm about to start my period, so I have a real big pimple right here, and I'm trying to be cool, and I'm trying to hydrate. Well, good thing you're on a podcast. I know. Your voice doesn't have a pimple. I know. No, my voice is real raspy, but it's the end of a long week, and I got, did a lot of sets. Oh, yeah. So you you like New right. York, I guess, yeah. is the point of all of well, this. Well, because in L.A., I was doing so much, and it was like, and I wanted to do at least like as many spots as I could every night. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. who wants to do a sketch group? I just like to create. Totally. I love, like, I just, I love the act of creating something and writing and, the, like, mm-hmm. and people want to just hang out and it's like, well, we can hit another mic and they're like, you well, know what we I can- feel like it is here? I feel like it's a get stone culture and that's like, that's cool, mm-hmm. but everyone has their weed card and then nobody wants to actually do the thing they moved here to do. Right. So like, we can just get high together. Yeah. The- and I'm like, I'm t- way too paranoid. My drug is Coke, you know? Like- yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing is like, so, and people in LA still work and they get shit done. But I, people my whole life are like, relax, relax. You're too, it's stressful to, you know, and you're like, you're just too hyped up and too jacked up about everything. So going to New York, everybody's constantly having a fucking panic attack. (laughs) Totally. Crammed together publicly. So I'm like the, one of the, in the lower percentile of anxiety. You feel like you're the chill one. You're like, guys, come on. Oh yeah. It's. Because I'm not going, my I'm running to my job, but it's to go do spots at clubs and tell jokes. But other people next to me running to their job are going from like working it for the MTA to go like clean a hotel bathroom. So yeah, they're, yeah. you know, they're doing the, so. So didn't, I heard that it was a job that brought you out to New York. Was it specifically a comedy job or you just, just move out there to do stand up full time? Oh, dude, no, it was the opposite. I, I moved to New York because I got a really good deal on an apartment. My friend was like, oh. I had this ridiculously low deal on rent. I actually, when I left LA, 
I was 30. I'm 35 now. I was 32 or 33. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was living in L.A., I was working full-time at Whole Foods as like a manager and a buyer, good hourly wage. Oh. And then I was working every Sunday at the Studio City Farmer's Market, selling organic vegetables, unloading food off I of the back of a fucking truck. I always that one on Sundays. Yeah, yeah. I always I worked, pass that. Yeah, I worked at that one. I had a car that was paid off. I had my own apartment. It was like a big-ass apartment with a balcony and a parking spot. Jesus, you had it made. And I was getting spots. And then I was like, you know what? I think I would become a funnier comedian if I moved to New York. (laughs) And so I made, within 12 hours of my friend when I got this place, I bought a one-way ticket. Well, you're impulsive. You're like me. You're like, that actually sounds kind of cool. Let's do it. Like, I'm the same way. We just kind of follow your gut. I was like, I think this is the right move. And it's not like I don't have a family. It's like if I'm going to pursue this dream of anything, it's like why not just go all the way? Because what's the worst that happens? Like I go back and get a job at a bank with a retirement fund. Okay, great. Yeah. Also, that's what I was going to ask too is I know you always post about dating uh, bankers off Wall Street over there. How's the dating yeah. scene different? Are you getting these like sh- these like rich dudes? Oh, yeah. Well, now I have like a, str- I have, like, a legitimate sugar daddy that I met on a website and I wrote an article for Women's Health about that's it. That's what I was going to ask you about i read it and it's yeah. fucking awesome yeah and i did it. i loved it what's interesting is and this is something fun and, t- and this is i think you know we'll c- circle back to it what's interesting is and you know you've known me for a long time and i think you're the same we're like we just like do cool shit and so people yeah, we're try- just cool bitches i know we? we're just like real cool ladies <laughs> but people try to pigeonhole you and especially in entertainment mm-hmm. when i first started mm-hmm. i had a joke about being bipolar and being in the hospital it's like a very- which i loved because like i completely related to it yeah. and then i felt uh, just a touch less crazy because there's other of me's in the world i remember you talking about that and drinking all the time and i was like Oh, good. I'm I'm not a horrible, lonely soul in this, you know? Yeah. Oh, no. We're both horribly lonely, <laughs> but, like, we're doing it together. You're like, oh, someone else is going to die if they don't get their shit together. Good. <laughs> you know what I'm no, saying? No, it was I, – I don't know. It, it helped me just come to terms with myself. I really hated myself for a long time. And when I started comedy, but you were and are killing it at comedy, and you weren't afraid to go there with your own issues. Yeah. And that made me feel like, oh, I can be myself mm-hmm. and own it on a stage. Yeah. That's I always liked watching you at mics and like oh, at shows. You. I always loved watching you go up because I felt like it, it was always a not, I'm not just saying this because you're having me on your show. <laughs> Kiss uh, my ass, Wendy. That's why you're here. <laughs> I know. No, but I always was, I always thought of you as like a little, like a younger sister type of thing. Like I was like, mm. oh, that's like a younger version of me. You know, like, it was <laughs> always, it so was always awesome. like a cool vibe where I was like, cool. okay, this is our people. You, you can all go up and do your puns. Go up and do your puns. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, we're going to totally. keep working. And, and you can still, and you're still, and that's, I think, what's frustrating, and you probably get this, but now I'm starting to turn the corner, and mm-hmm. I'm starting to get a lot more respect. Because people always were like, yeah. um, like, oh, you're funny, but then there's this weird thing of like, yeah, but-, but I still look down upon you. Right, where it's like, oh, well, you're just like a lunatic who has- is high energy and just has a is tell tells crazy stories and it's like kind of like just uh the the class clown like okay like or the old timey what are they called in the renaissance days they'd all throw fruits at them yeah but the court jester the court jester yeah. that's always felt like kind of like the joke right and which they, is ironic because it's comedy <laughs> right but they look at you like oh well if you're this kind of like you know, they don't look at when you're telling a story that you've actually like, written jokes. Like, no, 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 motherfucker. This is, I was sitting calmly drinking chamomile tea and I'm going on stage, but it's like, it's a, it's a set. It's a story. But then for someone to actually like look and go like, 
and with comics, a lot of times too, I wanted to be like you guys. Like, I sometimes I was like, "Ooh, am I so good at this that like real comedians don't realize they think I'm just like going on stage and like this oh, bitch is getting talking. lucky. So she's getting lucky hitting punchlines. Yeah, people. People you know? think uh, I was talking to some guy actually the strip club last night, and I was kind of telling him how for a while I wasn't as re- well received in comedy. We we're talking about stand up for some reason, and I was like, for a while I wasn't as well received, and then um, my more shocking opinions were he's like oh yeah but shock humor is shock humor and I was like oh no no because I was like challenging the way people think and their their thoughts like mm-hmm. it, I'm like it wasn't shock humor it was like shocking to the way they've been brought up to believe certain things right so of course yeah I, that's why I felt with the column for Playboy it turned the corner everybody who was kind of just semi cool with me or just not came around like DMing me, hitting me up. People really? are sketchy. People That's are like, so sketchy. Yes. Dude. Oh, they're d- sketchy, dude. You don't have to. I'm like not famous yet, uh, and I'm not either. <laughs> but like you said, when you get a little bit of like, start to get a little bit of heat, and then there were like some people. That, yeah, it's a like I noticed that when I moved to New York, because in LA I did, I was doing fine, but then. I think it was diff- more difficult for me to get booked on shows and people being like, oh, this is like a legitimate comic who like we should be putting her on good shows and she can headline the show because even though I was funny enough to be like getting on really good shows mm-hmm. in L.A., people booking it knew me from open mics. So it's almost a weird thing where they're oh. like, oh, I can remember being with you. And so they don't think of you as like, Bam, ooh, who's this new comic that's like when someone's seen the work yeah. that goes into it, you're not special. You're just like, oh, well, yeah, that, well, that's Wendy. Oh, People that's always Casey. told me that because I sort of started in L.A. I did it a tiny bit in Portland, but everyone's like, you shouldn't start in L.A. And I mostly did. And a lot of people saw me when I was bad. When I was brand new, everyone's bad at first. And yeah. some of them would bring that up like kind of in like a very nagging manner. Like, hey, I remember you've come a long way, but also like. I remember when you sucked. You know, it's like, oh, okay, thank you. I remember that as well. But then they want to sort of drag you back to your beginnings. And, right. and not the progress you've made. Like, I feel way different on a stage now. Way more confident. Riffing. Yeah. Dealing with hecklers. And, like, it, and also, right, in writing my jokes, mm-hmm. I know what jokes are going to work on a stage and what jer- jokes only work on Twitter. Like, I can tell the difference now right. when I write the joke. Yeah, you're such, and that's, I love, like, your Twitter. You're such a fucking great joke, right? Like, those are so good. <laughs> but the other reason that you're more comfortable on Thanks. stage is because, like, you got sober. Yeah. Right? Huge part of it. Yeah. And you, once you accept yourself and you're cool with yourself. Yeah. Then it's easier to, it's easier to have a, com- like, conversation socially at a party and live your life and doing stand-up I mean obviously we're writing jokes but you're having a conversation with a room of people yeah you gotta connect with them and not hide and I feel like even though I was going up back in the time I was drinking I was also younger and I was new to comedy right but when I would go on a stage I would still want to hide it was like the look at me don't look at me thing yeah. Look at me. Don't look at me. You know, yeah. I hope everyone's watching me. Oh, my God. Why is everyone staring at me? It was just that constant battle between yeah. like big ego and the flip side of that is just self-hatred. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing. A big ego right. is just self-hatred. So just finally like finding the middle ground in that just being like, oh, I'm just a people amongst peoples. And most people are just thinking about themselves anyway. Yes. They're not fucking thinking about me. No. Maybe for a blip of a moment before they go back to their own racing thoughts. Right. <laughs> Yeah, well, and that's the one thing. And then you have that kind of blanket in normal life where, like, as a normal person walking around, you're like, oh, no one's really... But there's something when you're on stage in front of people, like, they are looking at you. Like, they are thinking about you. And you have to be comfortable Correct. with it and not too self-absorbed to just right. be in that fear. It, yeah, and then and then you're connecting with people in the room, and so then that makes it easier. But then, like, 
when I moved, moving to New York was a great thing because right before I moved, I did shows with Blair Saki and John Early. This was like two and a half years ago. They were in L.A. So I did shows with them and I was mm-hmm. doing all the rape stuff. And they were yeah, like, I remember that. That was a couple years ago, right before yeah. you moved. And they were like, holy fuck, that was amazing. Anytime you're in New York, hit us up. And I was like, I'm moving there in two weeks. So I was able to go to New York and just get on shows, like really good shows. Yeah, and just to preface what Wendy you mentioned about the rape thing, that yeah. was just a joke she had about being raped by a couple of men. Yeah. And it was super, it was kind of, um, I guess, I would put it as groundbreaking in that all the women I knew who saw that set and the guys who saw that set would talk about it. And it just came up as something something else we can feel less shame about, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that's what I got from a lot of female comics who have been sexually assaulted. So that's what Wendy's talking about. It yeah. was it was pretty crazy. I mean, it yeah. was an amazing bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I went to New York and I was doing that. And then I did a one-woman like a one woman show and the Village Voice did a big write-up. And Oh, the Village Voice. You know, I just want to go off topic for a second. You know Jack the Stripper? Yes, I love that bitch. She Do gave you... me a pin. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought you guys that were girl. friends. That yeah. makes me so happy. She's going to be visiting here on her sex witch tour with another girl. They're doing a book tour um, on Wednesday. She's coming to Cheetah. She's coming to my club. Oh my God. So I get to meet her. Is she cool? Oh, you've never met her? No, I worship her though. Oh my God, she's so cool. Yeah. I met her and I met her at the Village Lantern, which is a, um, you, it's on Bleecker Street. Did you do a show there when you were in New York? No, you got, when I, you I come back, it's super fun. It's right there in the village. It's like there are three or four rooms where they do comedy right by around the cellar. That's right. Yeah, I've seen posters. Yeah, but I, Jack, it was I'd never met her, and so I was like, I walked in and I like ran. And it was and she'd read my article. Oh, the sugar daddy one. Yep. And she'd heard my sets because I was talking about selling pants. Oh, I started selling my fucking used panties in New York, and I had jokes about mm-hmm. that. I like good way to make money. I mean, why? And it's like. But before, like going into this, like with the bipolar thing, when I start, people are like, "Oh my god, that's it! That's your hook! You got it! That's your brand!" You, mm-hmm. The bipolar thing. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. "No, no, no, no! That's not. That's something that is a part of me, but I'm a person." Exactly. And then with the rape it's thing, always they're the like, pigeonholing thing. Yep. And with the rape thing, they're like, "You and I would purposely then pull." I stopped doing it because I'm like, "That's a great bit." Pigeonholing it's you. Like, yeah, I'm not the rape comic, and now I'm like the <laughs> sex worker comedian. It's do you know? It's so frustrating as a yes. girl because we're trying to express so many facets of what being a woman is and that's not just sex work it's not just mental illness like the same for me I'm constantly trying to just I guess be completely bluntly honest about all parts of me because Mm -hmm. I want to undermine someone trying to pigeonhole me as the stripper which people have tried to do and of course I make that a big thing how crazy that it's not like how about it's not like she's a comedian and a published author exactly the fact that you write for playboy now if you were a man writing and first of all when people get real like because i remember reading that oh i remember (laughs) being like that that was badass and you see the the like the kickback Uh uh-huh but it's like how what was the thing playboy even though it's like uh you know it's like a nudie magazine what was the one thing and this is it was like a joke where they'd be like oh i read it for the articles which is like funny but But, it's true but some of the best writers of all time for playboy yes i'm like patting myself on the back no it's true i remember thinking that if you Mm -hmm. think the standards are high for the chicks the name Naked chicks they put in there, their standards are higher for the fucking writers. That oh, yeah, they would it's publish. actually a great literary uh, publication. I didn't actually know that that yeah. was a thing, but it ever I've heard lots of people yeah. explain that to me. So, I mean, there's writers, I'm mad about it now. I'm mad thinking about it right now when people dig, oh, you're the stri- oh, yeah, the stripper. How about oh, the you publish off your ass? And you know, I'm sorry, but you know how many sex workers, and I have respect for all of them, are, have blogs online, are mad mm-hmm. tweeters, have published books. If 
if it really was true that like, oh, it's the stripper thing that got you in, there are so many sex workers online who are trying to be published, mm-hmm. you know? It could be any one of us. I just happened to like know somebody who knows somebody who became editor and pitch something and also I've worked my ass off in comedy so I have enough people following me now that that opportunity would arise because right. I've worked my ass off at mics at shows writing online just being interacting like networking you know all yeah. I, I worked my ass off to get there and I think the writing stands alone but there was at first and it was rough because it was my first year sober and so I really was still in the fog of just like who am I what am I I'm lost I'm depressed yeah I'm now did you were you were you what happened did you, did you get sober first and then start stripping or what was the order it was stripping and then three months later sober so the first couple months of stripping were dark as fuck because yeah. I was dark as fuck I was not in I just was like a husk like there was nothing left inside mm. really and I started dancing to save up for a car it was legit I've always been a dancer mm-hmm. I was a sex addict, so flirting is my thing. It all lined up perfectly. I just was kind of empty inside. But after I got sober, I actually came into my own, and I started to actually feel comfortable dancing and free from it. Um, But I never started stripping to start writing for Playboy or to get known as a sex object. It's just funny how everyone will tie any sexuality to your trying to lift yourself or, or to make yourself famous I guess it's like the Kardashian mentality yeah. that oh she, the reason their whole family is famous is because she slept with Ray J in a tape well I think that well, a little more goes into it than that because God knows how many people have a fucking sex tape out yeah well they but you know what but, and, I, I, and I hate to like say that it's like they but I think they maybe do this to men but it fucking happens to chicks and it's not even just the sex thing, because with like the sugar daddy thing, you know, like mm-hmm. people get and they're they're trying to have like and and it, men and women, a lot of people, because this is what you're taught as a, as a comic, especially as a comic, it's like what's your brand, like what's your thing, right? Um, and so my and I tend to sound dumb, and I'm like, well, I've always been like, when I'm a human, we're all human beings, and then these are different experiences. I don't think that sounds dumb at all. Do you know, <laughs> and like very on point. And that's even when I was, even when I was in like junior high and high school I can remember dealing with um super like severe eating disorders and then going to OA um mm-hmm. and I had to go because it is anonymous yeah, yeah. Is anonymous. so I had to go to that and I was like this is so and I remember going and this people sitting in a room and they were like well this is just you know this is just who I am I'm like my family's always been overweight and this is we just so you'd have the overweight people going like this is just how it is it's just how you know it's my burden and it's my family's thing and even as a teenager and going through a lot of stuff and my the way my brain works is I'm so anti-victim mentality with myself oh me too that's kind of why I didn't open up about anything from my childhood until much much later when it was killing me yeah but I same like I, I hit it like I smiled and laughed a lot humor has yeah. been my thing a lot of my best friends had no idea. I just didn't want to open it. I know I'm the same. I don't want people to feel bad yeah. for me. Well, it's like, and you can get to a point where you, like, that stuff affects you. Like, so when, it's like, I know I, I will have, like, start, you have, like, a gut response or something, and you're like, okay, that's definitely um, a response to or a product of something that happened in your past, and your childhood. That's That's natural. That's normal. That's how our brains work. But if you realize that, you can have the like the feeling of fear or anger or whatever you're going to have that's innate to you because of your past experiences. But then you don't have to act on it and be like, this is just how it is. You go like, okay, mm-hmm. so I feel like I want to, um, you know, 
order a bunch of pizza and then throw it up because I don't want to deal with my stress. Or I'm going to stop eating because that's my the only thing I can control. Like your body's one of the only things you can control. Mm-hmm. Or like for me, it's like, well, I'm going to go out and just be alone and drink a bunch of vodka and do a bunch <laughs> of cocaine and be like, Which go on. hand in hand, which definitely right. go and hand I'm like, well, I'm writing. But it's like, motherfucker, no, you're not. Stop it. You know? And then you go like, oh, I'm doing this because the alcohol and the cocaine, I can control the bipolar more. That's how I always felt was like I never had any prescription drugs. I never had therapy. I didn't really have access to those mm-hmm. things. Um, so I just used recreational drugs and alcohol as my medicine. And it was my medicine. And, you yeah. know, it worked for a while. Mm-hmm. There was a time when it would take away the crazy enough um, until it wasn't. It just didn't work anymore. It just yeah. made me wake up even more anxious, even more depressed. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized, like, this isn't working for me anymore. And now, you know, I'm in actual therapy. Um, but to get back to what we were talking about, <laughs> not to pull back oh. too much, but you were talking about having a sugar daddy and you met Jack the Stripper. Oh, yeah. He's an amazing author mm-hmm. and this um, social media icon. She's amazing. Follow her. She's a stripper and she's sort of just pro whore and trying to encourage people to see us as, as happy strippers. You know, it's all, yeah. we're always depicted as sad, sad, depressed. It's so crazy when they when you talk about like with the underwear selling thing and even like with fucking as a comic too. These people are making a documentary about me and it's going to come out. I think it's the beginning That's of right. next year. Yeah. That's right. Between like January or March. But even the title, uh, right now the title, he and it's not, I didn't commission this. So this is, none of the shit is my, this is not my idea. This is somebody followed me. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm so talented. I'm just going to be stupid. <laughs> so, um, but like, the first trailer that he cut, it was just like, got me crying. And like, it's the whole thing where people are, and it's, I think yeah. it's the same comedians and sex workers, ironically, com- mm-hmm. have a lot of the same where people from the outside are like, you must just be like really sad or you guys just sit and cry right before you go on stage and yeah. tell jokes. And like, <laughs> oh, if you're a stripper or a sex worker, you just, you just cry. Just go to the back and shoot up and cry. Right. No. You're just like doing drugs. And when you leave, you just like, do you just throw up in the bathroom after you dance or after yeah, you have and, sex and with honestly, somebody? Yeah. And honestly, it's like, so funny because it's so humorous back in the locker room. There's nothing but squealing and laughter and some of the most profane joking I have ever heard in my life. And yeah. I love it. Well, and, and I talk about this on stage. I'm sure you do too. But I have a, I mean, I've joked about it then. Like, and I love Jack's got these little, um, these drawings that she does. Oh, they're so epic. Well, this they're is, so, they, nothing is more real than her illustrations, which she just put on out a book of yeah and I love and that's the like uh, was that the book she's shopping around that she's yeah, touring with Striptastic that's what it's called that's Striptastic yeah. look it up on Amazon it's amazing dude it's so funny and I and I talk about this now I've been doing like as I talk about it on um, the sugar daddy thing on stage and the panty thing and that's so she heard that set and heard me talk about it on a couple different things mm-hmm. um, uh, like podcasts and like seeing a couple sets so when I met her at the lantern she was like hey I'm Jack and I was like hey I'm Wendy she was oh my god I'm like i I, I fucking love you. And then she gave me a pin for free. Yeah, she makes these amazing enamel pins. Yeah, for I strippers. got the one and it was like, a, it's a cat. Was it like the cat's beehole hole is, is like a, a dollar, dollar sign? sign? Yes. Oh my God, which is funny. I was going to ask you, you're a cat mom now, aren't you? I know, I have a cat. Me too. Oh, well, cool. I've, I've been had a cat mom for like ever. But I just got a cat. I love it. We yep. are one in the same. I've seen you and your cat baby all over Instagram. Yeah, he's very handsome. How is that? How's being a cat mom? Did you ever find yourself, think of yourself as the cat lady before? Um, Yeah, well, I had a cat when I was a kid. Okay. And I love cats. I had my one cat, and he was always like, man, if I can morph you into a human, I would marry it. <laughs> but I like it. He's so cool. He's really sweet. And it's nice to just have something to, like, take care of 
and not be so self-centered. I know. My maternal cravings come out all over my cat, and they're just getting stronger as I get older. I'm 28 now, but they're getting overwhelming. Funny, we're talking about this. Megan Rice just did a set about hers, how she wants to stuff babies up into her womb. She's like, that's how they get there, right? And I just laughed so hard. I'm like, I relate. Because I just want to breastfeed every infant I see on the street. I just want to put them in my oh, chest. Oh, so you guys can do that together. <laughs> I would, I, people were like, Wendy, don't you want to have kids? I'm like, no, I want to fucking sell one of these three TV shows. I want to go on a tour. I, want, like, I do not want to have kids. No. Never. I've never wanted I, to have kids. I never did Um, until- Well, you have I a boyfriend like, and you're like in love, right? But, but yeah, but before him, he's so he's young. He's definitely not even close to it. He's twenty three. Um, but my maternal nice. cravings nice. came fist out. Bump, fist bump me. Yeah, yeah, I'm but, a creep. Oh, get it. I've always liked younger guys. I've like my friends have always made fun of me when I'd be in high school when we were like sixteen. I'd always think the thirteen year old in the movie was the hottest character. When my friends would like the forty year old, it just that's me. Oops. Well, now you're old enough that you won't go to jail for dating the kind of people that you want to fuck. So congratulations. But that's the thing, too. If we're talking about sugar daddies and stuff, like, so many girls I know are dating guys 15 years older than them, mm-hmm. and I'm not attracted to old dudes. No, but that's, well, that's, you're going to be one of the few women who's, like, every time you get older, you're like, thank God. You know, like, most women fear getting older, and you're like, oh, man, I got a new crop of seniors graduating this year. <laughs> you just, you're live, you know, like, you're. The, they keep the, me young. The available dicks to you are going to just keep increasing. Yeah, I like it. I like being That's fucking genius. Yeah, because um, then when you're like 60, you can bang a 30-year-old and it's still as hot. <laughs> but it, the, the thing is, like, especially so many girls in L.A., and I think sh- I just love the sugar daddy thing. Like, you can make so much money that way. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about in your article, it's kind of like this redistribution of wealth, mm-hmm. right? Somebody yeah. with an inordinate mm-hmm. amount of money can share it with someone who has n- next to nothing. That's how I feel about stripping. Right. I feel like fucking Robin Hood. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's I was like, oh yeah, Mike, uh, Mike Robin Hood. I take from the rich and give to my drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just passing. I'm like, oh wait a minute, that doesn't work because he's rich. Where's the scenario where I keep money? I'm so confused. Oh my god. No. Do you? So how do you? I feel like in your article you talked about the ethics of it, sort of, which is that it was more honest conversation. You said on a sugar daddy date from a sugar daddy dating app than a typical dating app oh but for sure for me well in general like because i always you and i are very similar like i'm a sex i love i don't want to say sex addict but like i love fucking yeah i kind of got extreme with it it was really extreme for a while like yeah and I've, i'll go through i think you well you and i are very similar where we just get i get on and i'm like i mean there were times where yeah i would just be out and then i'm just like fucking like three four times a day with different people and like i just love fucking um <laughs> and i I have a lot of orgasms. It's pretty legendary. It's another. Uh, it's another good drug. Yeah, it's another. It's a get, and it's just like I like doing it. If I'm not, I have to masturbate like three or four times a day. I'm just horny all the time. Even yeah. when I'm in a bat, I'm just like I'm always. When was like, yeah, you want? Yeah, let's fuck. I want to fuck now. Yeah, um, I I was one of those that started like in grade school, laying on my hand, and I didn't know what I was doing, and it just continued. Mm-hmm. I'd like masturbate under my desk in the fifth grade. I remember that, and I'm sure the teacher. I think the teacher was staring at me. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. But that's actually a common thing I've learned, like little girls rubbing themselves and not knowing what's going on. Right. And it just stayed that way because I sort of, I used it when I was growing up before I ever tried drinking or anything. That was like my first drug, like to kind of escape the reality of being scared all the time. Mm -hmm. It was very soothing. So I think that's how the sex addiction kind of kicked off. Oh, that's interesting. How old were you? Because the first time I like Matt, like the first time I figured out like masturbated, masturbated, like I made myself come, I think I was like nine or ten. 
Yeah, I didn't. I never put anything in. I didn't know that no, was part I rubbed, of it. Oh, sorry. I keep whacking the mics. Yeah. yeah. I put like a flat hand on like, yeah. and I rubbed on the outside of my underwear, like friction. Like I'm trying to yeah. start a fire in the fucking boy If there scouts. was a pillow around, if there was a blanket around, you know, I was shoving it between my legs during the family movie. Yeah. Like, I, I would sit on my heel. Yeah. That was another move. I would like sit on my knees and just like just jam my heel I'm lean like, up against the chair at school a little yeah. too hard but I didn't know what the fuck I was doing whatever I'm doing right now is also working <laughs> <laughs> that's why I wear tight jeans I'm like high-waisted <laughs> jeans are back and I'm like thank god I have been walking around so horny <laughs> all the time you know what I was I do this bit I did the last year a lot about um how being on my period I don't know if it's my period that makes me horny or having a tampon fucking me all day because it's like a little tiny mm-hmm. cotton dick fucking you all the time and a, another comic Amber at the show that you were on I didn't I didn't see you there but she had brought up the bit and I kind of had forgotten about it and she's like it's so true and I'm like oh you're one of the very few people who have told me they actually relate to that bit I get laughs but I didn't know that other people thought that was a thing it's like yeah those things are fucking you all day. What if a guy had like a, like a, what's that, like a, a suction, flashlight, a is, siphon <laughs> a thing on their dick all day? Yeah. A woman's mouth. <laughs> what if a guy was walking around with a woman's mouth <laughs> on his dick all day? Well, they would be crazy horny too. Yeah. Well, and then I think all the, like the blood flow and, um, yeah, so I think being like hy- hy- hypersexual, and I and I do not mean that in any negative connotation, because a lot of bitches, and I say bitches with love, that's why I talk about women, but a lot of chicks that I know will be like, they and they'll like get married, like a lot of my friends, and they get married and they're like, oh, it's so nice, I only have to have sex like once a month, and I'm like, I broke up with a guy one time because he didn't, we lived together and he only wanted to fuck me four times. He was like, I'm just not horny, I only want to have sex four times a week. I was mad. I was mad. I used to like, I would like, I'm sleeping on a fucking couch. Like, Dude, that's what's so great about dating a 23 year old with a huge cock. He's, it's always hard. It just gets yes. hard again. It's so hard, all, and it's so big. Like I've never, but you had can, consistent dick yeah. like this. I'm it's, happy for you. Girl, I'm always relaxed. So, you know what? We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right. All right. We're back to Casey's Freak Show podcast with Wendy Starling. Hi, Wendy. (laughs) Hi, Casey. How are you? I'm fabulous. A little sweaty, but it's hot in here. Yeah. Um... So, I, we were yeah. starting to get into it about being a sex worker. Do you consider yourself a sex worker as a sugar baby? Um, I didn't, and then uh, and then I had to be, like, honest with myself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because like, I'm like, no, it's not. When I was selling panties, I'm like, well, it's not. But it's just a weird – because to me, I'm like – and I, I had the same, I think, conceptions that – or, like, misconceptions that most people do in their head where the, you sex worker and it seems like it's this dingy thing. And then I'm like – Me too. And people tell me all the time – don't call yourself that because I've said it in my articles. I've said it on stage. I've said it to friends. Yeah. People are like sort of in the tone of don't demean yourself that way. And I'm like, well, you're demeaning me. I work in the sex industry. I right. sell some kind of form of sex. And I'm sorry. I got to be honest with you. I've had a lot of uh, menial jobs. I would rather tell somebody oh, yeah. that I would rather be like sex worker. That's demeaning. No, you know, it was more embarrassing when I was like, oh, I have to go sell vegetables. Oh, yeah, I have to dress 13-year-olds for Coachella at Urban Outfitters for minimum wage. Right. Like, I'm going to kill myself. When, yeah. I'd rather, honestly, I'd rather suck a dick for a couple grand. Like, I haven't done that, but yeah. I've done close. <laughs> but, dude, it's not, it's like, I'm having sex anyway. I'm already going to go out and fuck people. And I've had shitty sex for much less. Yeah. For, like, two well drinks. Yeah. I feel, like, this date, when I found this, um, 
this website and I went on there and I d- started date. I have way less. I'm I'm well. I there are like three guys that I have sex with on on the no, reg. Maybe depends on like if people are in town or what's happening. But it's like there. But but I mean, it sounds and it sounds like that sounds and it. it on, it's not, I said this on Tim Dillon, but it's like, it's not not prostitution if you break it down, mm-hmm. but it's not like you get like an envelope of cash, it's, but it's in the way that you word it as far as the legality, but you're just on, it's, it's just. And, and the kind of like the, the conclusion I've come to about all of it, just knowing strippers who dabble in multiple forms of sex work. So just really humanizing sex work all around me is that what's wrong with prostitution anyway? Why are we judging it to begin with? It's one of the oldest, or if not the oldest profession of all time. Right. It's always going to be there. Right. It would be some, somehow it's more admirable if I'm like, oh, I'm going to meet some guy and per- manipulate him emotionally and tell him oh, I'm in love yeah, with him. Absolutely. Get, n- get knocked up with his kids, so now I bring and a child into take, the world. And, and then, then take the money. Right. And so now you have this kid that was born, not in a, love, in a loveless marriage, not out of love, mm-hmm. of a child that was born so that you could take money from another person. That's Which fucking... I see in L.A. all the time. Right. The house on the hill wives with the pills and the Range Rovers and the kids they ignore. Yeah. I see it all the fucking yeah. time. It's a fucking, it's a nightmare. And then this, like, the guy, the... um. The one guy that I see the most, like, but he, it's honestly, it's like a friendship. It's like a mentorship. It really is. It's like, it's just like Mm -hmm. having like, instead of going out and having different guys to hook up with and going out on dates and like trying to find like some kind of an emotional connection. Mm -hmm. I have like a couple guys that I see. One guy I see like once every three months. But like we text, we talk on the phone sometimes. It's just like, I like what you just said about mentorship. And you did mention something like that in your article, which was the types of very rich men that you our sugar baby too, I guess I'll put it. Mm-hmm. Um, they teach you things in maybe industries you want to go into or maybe finances that you wouldn't have learned from these kind of uh, artistic dudes that we tend to sleep with. I feel the same way at the strip club. I have all kinds. Even last night at work, I was having some really rad conversations with big industry guys. Yeah. I'm not pitching myself to them. I'm not giving them my real name. But they, a lot of guys who work as producers, big time producers, I, I get some of the greatest, I guess, advice, you know, and, and insight more than, than anything. Cause you get levels of all different guys at the club right. and they don't know you and you don't know them. So you can really have an honest conversation where they give you some of the best insight. I would have never known just hanging out with open mic comics and stuff. You right. know? When the thing too is, and it, what I found, and I don't know if it sounds like kind of the same there's this where when you are having a direct exchange there's no bullshit there's not I'm pretending to bullshit you to try to get something out of you and we're both going to act like oh we just are trying to like each other and have an honest connection we just want to date if you go on a date and this is in you know for like in a lot of just you know straight like as a man you know as a chick that dates dudes most of the time you go out the dude is like, I'm trying to fuck. And the bitch is like, I'm trying to get my dinner paid for and have mm-hmm. somebody be nice to me. And like, yeah. I'm trying like, yeah, that's you, the exchange. And that's OK. They're right. all fair exchanges. Right. Just like money for sex. Right. Just like companionship for dinner, you know. Right. And so when you the, with the arrangement thing, what's cool is you meet and it's really it, I really like it because it's. There's not this like, do we act like we like, do we like each other? And and you're not playing passive aggressive games because you're not trying to There's emotionally. There's no games. There's no, no. games. You walk mm-hmm. in, it's like, okay, so look, I want to go. And a lot of times it's like, you have sex and they most, like, if we even fuck, sometimes it's like, oh, I just had a stressful day. And you'll like have, you'll go like, get a bottle of wine and just talk. That's what then- a girlfriend of mine who's doing the same yeah, uh, sugar daddy thing says so she's like I don't even always blow them or sleep with them, but the envelope of cash is there, the deposit into the bank account is there, right? But it's like 
it's and especially these guys that are super um, super wealthy they're, they're married and they just don't want the they don't they that's their protective barrier of like you're not going to try to take me to court or get pregnant with my kid gotcha. and you're not going to be a bitch <laughs> honestly i'm a huge i can be a huge bit when i'm dating somebody if i'm like i don't want to wear makeup i feel bloated i'm in a bad mood i gotta call my mother i had a fight and you go but that's also part of it and those kind of dudes it's like they have enough money to go you know what i want to have a fucking nice time exactly that's any sex worker so i think i made a post about it online the other day and it was essentially that what i've learned at my job is that rich men famous men gorgeous men or mix of all three also solicit all levels of sex workers Mm -hmm. i know that because i know escorts sugar babies me being a stripper i know porn stars the whole gambit i know all of them and i see the clientele for myself and for my friends they'll send me pictures and it's like sometimes guys just want to get off or sometimes they just want to feel like the man and make a girl giggle or just you know, they just want the exchange, you know, mm-hmm. just as much as we want to hear maybe compliments or be bought dinner for. Right. And th- without all the emotional, I guess, intimacy that goes along with it. Right. And I like it because when I'm in that moment and that ex- the exchange that you're having, uh, to me, and even though it's like a, people that are outside of it, uh, they, they would be like, oh, that's such like a dark, seedy thing. It's actually, to me, the most like one of the most pure exchanges and conversations it because is. it's done. I don't have to worry about like, is he going to take me out on another date? I wonder if he likes me. Should I stop yeah. dating the other guy? Does he have another girlfriend? Cause it's like that. No, it relax, relax. <laughs> You're here. Have a good dinner. You guys are just going to hang out and talk about stuff. And then, you know, I'll probably get a massage or maybe get my pussy. At the, at the break, <laughs> you, at the break, you were talking about fucking a billionaire with a strap on. Is this a true story? This is a true story. What? I've never pegged someone. Can you please tell me about your pegging experience? I've never done it. Oh, it was really cool. I'd never done it. Um, but yeah, we were just like fucking around. And then, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and then he was just like, because a lot of those guys are into it. Yeah. A lot of guys, um, really powerful men love being subs. What's the same? I like to be sexually submissive because I'm such, yeah, because we're such like boss bitch. Bossy bitches. I want someone to handle me. Yep. Oh, I like to go to a restaurant and that's another reason I like dating these guys because the guy that, um, the guy that I, like the main guy that I see most of the time, like we go out maybe three times a month. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, we go out and I sit down and he orders for me. I, I love it. it. And it's it's kind of ridiculous because I think there's so many misconceptions about being a sex worker, being a sexual sub, like in your personal life. Right. What really the case is over and over again is people who tend to be dominant in their everyday life, who run big corporations, who are bosses, who control a stage every night. We like to be handled in bed, a lot of us. I do. Mm-hmm. And people, I don't know, I've had girlfriends who are younger and I think they don't get it and they're not there yet. They're like, oh, you're just being submissive to make a man happy. It's like, no, I've never done anything to make a man happy. Excuse me. Yeah. And also, uh, no, I just, it's I, that's how I get off. Yeah, that's- I like it. And I like, like, I like. Oh, I love getting my chair pulled yes. behind me, but the door open for me. My boyfriend always does all this stuff. I love when he orders for me. Yeah. I, I mean. I'm tired of making decisions. I'm tired of running shit all the damn time. Yeah. And it's nice too. And I like it. And not even, and it's not even with like, a, like a romantic partner. Just with, I mean, I, 
It's just like with a friend, but even with men, and I know that it's a people, this is, and this is, and we can talk about this too with doing sex work, the people who are like feminists and they're like, we're feminists. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to shave my head and talk about when I got raped and we hate every, <laughs> all, we hate all the boys. And they were like, yeah. And then I moved to New York and, and I talked. became a sugar baby. And, and then they're like, fuck you. Yep. Oh, I have yep. jokes about it on stage that are very mm. funny. Uh, but, but that's not feminism because that's not intersectionality. No. And that's not real feminism. No. And it's so fucking crazy. And like, not to be shitty, I did some noon, like a brunch show today, and I riffed heavy on the feminist thing. And I didn't know if it would work, but it was a bunch of chicks in there. Was it at that Black Box Theater in Hollywood? Um, no, it was at uh, Pack Theater. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what yeah. I meant. Yeah, I've done mm-hmm. that show before. It's fun. It's fun doing a show before midnight. It's kind of nice. Yeah, it was really fun. And I was still in my gym clothes. I hadn't even taken my morning shit yet. And I just was like a <laughs> wild animal. I was like, I went to bed at four <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Get on board. Yeah. Um, and I bet I did. Did get they not? It wasn't not well received for. That oh they part. loved it oh they liked it oh they loved it good because I'm so because okay my club is in Los Feliz very hipster part of town mm-hmm. a lot of people bring in their girlfriends and wives and that's cool but so much of the time like we strippers like we wince when women walk through the door because 90 95 percent of the time they're gonna glare at us mm-hmm. they fucking are so rude to us they try to fondle us when the guys aren't even allowed to touch us um. I think my, it might part of it be overcompensation, but some of them are str- flat out disrespectful. Don't tip you because they're jealous. They're they're with their man. Don't agree to go with your man to a strip club if you're gonna just be su- sulky and jealous the whole time. Right. And get it. I get it. I've been extremely jealous in past experiences in relationships, but you need to communicate that and not take it out on other women and not be that Lowe's feeless hipster. I don't wear makeup. I shave my head. I wear goodwill clothes and then just fucking be so hateful on women who dance on a pole. And that's what it is. So much of the time it's huge hypocrisy. I'm, oh, fu- yeah. I'm so sick of it, Wendy. Like oh, I, I can't stand them. I, I can't that. stand them. I got a lot of fucking, I mean, kickback, but just attitude from uh, some like LA chicks and like that, like and like the you know, and in, in New York, a couple of the chicks where it's like when I went out there because I was doing all the rape stuff, and so they were like, "Fuck yeah, this is our woman." And yeah, then, but and then, then you go a little farther into sex work. Oh well, then the joke. So when I, but the joke I, I because I talk about the feminist turning on me, mm. and the joke that I say on stage, and this is and 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 Jack, uh, the stripper in her cartoons, and this is so fucking perfect too, because when I talk about people are just like, uh, "Don't you feel like?" I mean, you know, with like as far as the with some of the, you know, with the guys and then how much money you get, you know, because my it's like I get a good chunk of money from my main guy that I say and I tried. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. You can make a lot of money doing that. If you were like if you were to date five or six different guys, which for me, when I was doing uh, when I was just sucking dick for love of the game, <laughs> I would fuck be fucking like I would have like five, six, seven different dudes in my wheelhouse. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, well. I'm a Rolodex because I'm like, yeah. well, I want to fucking wear which neighborhood am I? And like, I want it everyone <laughs> to a different purpose, you know? Yeah, a guy for each zip code. Right. And so, uh, but you can, and that was for me, just I had to pull, I had to go like, you're a comedian, you're a comedian. You do not need to be super wealthy, do you know? And because I was, you can get really kind of carried away in that world. Oh, yeah. The money blinds me. It did it in the strip club for a while, and I pulled back on comedy. And, but you know what, though, at the same time, I, I needed that. I've never been financially comfortable in yeah. my life. I was never given anything. I never had cool clothes. I never had 
anything. Like I really, it really didn't. So to get a taste of money was a bit intoxicating. And yeah. now I'm back to a middle. I only work three nights of the week. Yeah. Um, and I definitely make enough to save and to pursue my dreams. And that's what you mentioned in your article as well was just that now you have the financial comfort to and just time on your hands to spend mm-hmm. on the projects that you've been wanting to work on all along. Right. It's so important. A lot of these people who criticize what we do and maybe they're also in comedy or in some form of art um, are receiving their parents' help. And yeah. I've never had that. And I really, I was mm-hmm. struggling and scraping by and, and paycheck to paycheck and still not even, and a guy living in the living room, blah, 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 blah. Like never getting to follow my dreams because I was working all the right. time and still not making ends meet. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, this is a main issue. So my friend in New York, right, um, lives with her boyfriend. And we're friends, but she'll be kind of shitty about the sugar daddy thing. Like she makes kind of fucking side, uh, like, no. side, like comments, you know. You don't need her in your life, Wendy. I know, like, because I'll be like, oh, like a lot of people, and I don't, I'm not, I don't like talk about it or whatever, but I'll come and I'll, or I'll leave a show and I'm like, oh, I'm going to my, um, I'm like, oh, I got a, uh, the guy, my boyfriend, I say my boyfriend because yeah, it's nobody's easier. fucking business. I'm like, oh, my boyfriend's in town. And she goes, oh, your boyfriend, or you mean your client? Just like that. And I'm Jesus. like, yeah, like shitty. And like, but it's like, you're not even being funny. But I just, I talked, this was like a month ago we're talking. She goes, oh my God, my boyfriend's parents like came to visit and her boyfriend comes from money. Oh. She wow. was my boyfriend's parents came to visit and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Lucky it's, her. Like, they're like, it's like New York money. They're like in upstate oh, New York. Oh, old money. And I'm like, oh, cool. And her boyfriend came, and she goes, oh, my God. And um, she goes, guess what? That For his birthday, guess what they gave him for his birthday? And I'm like, what? She goes, what well, was like a joint present for both of us? He's, she's like, they gave us six months rent for our Manhattan apartment. Excuse, excuse so, me? Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And so then I said, I go, I go, oh, you figured out a better plan than I do. You're getting money from old people. You don't have to fuck them. Yeah, you didn't have to blow them for that. Right? And I'm like, oh, you just have to. And she kind of laughed. I go, yeah, you just have to fuck the I go, oh, that's what I got to do. I got to fuck the uh-huh. kid of rich people. <laughs> and I was trying to be funny, but I, she kind of got quiet. And I wanted to go, you know what? Fuck you. How mm. How is how how is mm. what you're doing more noble? How is you mm. just being like, oh, I'm dating this guy and he's rich. He comes from money. His family's mm. got money. How is that? And I know it's like, well, that's not why we got together. It's like, mm, no, but he's kind of a dick. And it's like, but that's why you're hanging around. Wow. Like, do you know? You know what's interesting, too, is I I'm, get real fired up. About oh, oh, me, girl, same. Well, Fucking, yeah. oh, I, the same. Just because I, I really wasn't given anything. I had to work twice as hard as everyone else mm-hmm. for half as much, always. Yeah. And I, you know, my boyfriend has, he's, his family's pretty wealthy. And just being around that is so interesting to me because sometimes I get so fucking angry about my bills and it's always a new bill coming in. Mm-hmm. And actually all these years since college, it's been what, like six years. I haven't had to pay my loans back because it was income contingent. I didn't make enough on paper. Now I do. And interest mm-hmm. accruing and it's a lot of money. And I tried to express that to him. And, you know, he's a fucking sweetheart. But the fact that he couldn't directly to re- relate to the anger I was feeling about having bills and student loan payments now on top of all the bills, paying for my own cell phone bill myself, I bought my car, I gave so many lap dances to buy my own fucking car. Yeah, I, I, I've never had help. And I guess I'm a bit self-righteous about it, but people who have had their parents help do not realize how hard it is you hit a wall and and, you know I I was noble I went to college and I got a scholarship and I'm an educated girl and I worked hard and I never stole um but I still was exhausted and starving Mm -hmm. and I couldn't pursue the thing I moved to LA to pursue they just they don't understand they really they really can't so they wouldn't understand the mentality that gets you to maybe do sex work and yeah you know hard times got me there 
But luckily, I actually enjoy it, and I want them to respect the fact that now I've grown into my own and and gotten over my own misconceptions and stigmatized bullshit around mm-hmm. it. Right. Because I judged the fuck out of it growing up, just like everybody else did, because yeah. that's how we're raised. Um, and I was like, oh, that means you're not educated if you go dance on a pole. Well, it right. doesn't. Th- Actually, I think it's one of the smartest fucking moves. I feel so dumb. I because I was talking to um, I was talking to Megan about it when she came to New York and we're taking Ubers everywhere. Yeah. And I have an Equinox <laughs> membership. All Bougie. I know. You know I know. Keep dropping that. That's beautiful. Yeah, I love That's it. Expensive. And so I have it's just nice to have like perks. You know, so I'm not like it's I'm not like running around like I got to see how many dudes I can fuck for money this week. And no, (laughs) sorry, I keep whacking this thing and no judgment for people that do that. But it's like I want to do comedy. And so, you know, anything it takes. Right. And so I go like, well, if I'm out doing this for money, if I'm out just like like trying to stack dudes on dudes on dudes to get cash that's great but for me emotionally I can't handle that so it's easier for me to be like oh I'm like dating one Manage person like one guy right and then I have another guy that you know if it's like they come into town once a month they come and visit New York then it's like okay great you know so I want to ask you mm-hmm. um this is gonna switch gears real quick but what does being free mean to you then after talking about all of this stuff all the sex stuff um being free what's god this is i think <laughs> such a heavy question no i th- for me it's gonna be actually i'm like in all this stuff so this oh so what i was gonna say about the with the doing sex work where you talk about the shameful thing and i just want to f- i feel yeah, like i, I figured out like a cheat code to the video game of life yeah like, that's what I, like, I feel yeah. like i figured out a cheat code me too I've been, you know like i've been working like menial jobs i when i worked yeah. at the farmer's market it was eight hours and oh it was God. 120 bucks cash and a box of vegetables. Jesus. And then for me, for someone, now, looking back at me, uh, someone would be like, Wendy, don't you respect yourself? That's a lo- very, that's a lot of physical labor and you're g- for very little reward. <sighs> so, you know, and that's Jack's comics. Uh, this really reflect that. It's like so beautifully where they're like, you're a stripper, you're a uh, an escort, you're a sugar baby, you don't you respect yourself? And it's like, <laughs> how about you respect yourself? You're too pretty. It's like so super funny. Just oh, her get, comics get, are so important. Yeah, striptastic, get it, or what is it, sextastic? No, striptastic. striptastic. It's, it's every single comic like hits my heart yeah. in, a, in a hilarious mm-hmm. way. Um, but so go back to, to me being free um, is like, it's the mental freedom and I have to remind myself and this is going to make me sound like I'm on uh, acid but I'm not. But weren't you drinking a mushroom juice over here? Yes. Okay. Yeah, well, it's a green juice. She's, she's got a little. It's a green juice that I got from the Earth Bar at Equinox. It was only $27. This is, this is shroomed out Wendy's interpretation yeah. of the question. Um, <laughs> no. The, the is once for me being free once I felt totally free uh, was when I realized that I'm responsible for my life. So once it was, my life got really shitty and I was depressed and I was doing all these things and I was like, everything's bad. And then I had this epiphany where I was like, oh, wait a minute. Instead of blaming my problems on circumstances, mm-hmm. yep. what if I turn it and I go, yep. what what part did I play in this? And Absolutely. so I was like, okay. And this is, and I have to put myself in check all the time because once I'm like- Me too. You know, I know people who go like, oh, and traffic and this, and th- and I lost my job because of this, and I drink because my mom drank. It's like, no, fuck you. You're you make a decision. Is it difficult? Yes. Is it uncomfortable to change habits and and face your demons? Yes. But yeah. you can choose to do that, or Absolutely. you can choose to be in denial. And if you're and like, and when you have all that and you're blaming, then that's like anger and fear and all that kind of stuff. But once you go like, wait a minute, 
if I take responsibility for the shitty things in my life, then I then I go, oh wow, look at all this power I had to make like then then let's see if you can flip it into the other thing. And once I tuned into like having a good attitude, not living in fear, and just focusing, not blaming other people, no, and just or and other I, situations or right. circumstances, which I've done my whole life. I've blamed mm-hmm. my mom and I've blamed yeah. poverty and whatever. And I think, um, oh god, what was I going to say? Um, Fuck, I forgot. Keep going. I'm oh, so sorry. No, but once for me, like once I unlocked that part of my brain where I'm like something terrible will happen and I'm like, I I start I started doing like cognitive behavioral therapy. I had Louise mm-hmm. Hay um, wisdom cards taped all over my apartment in, in L.A. right before I moved. And I have them in my apartment in New York now. But I like got. I was able to, instead of having a negative thought or like being angry at somebody and I've really learned to like, and meditation has been super, super helpful. Me too. I've been meditating for two years now and it's changed the game it's, on, on myself. I can sit comfortably in my skin before yeah. I was just going out of my fucking mind. I couldn't sit still. Right. Well, cause it's a weird thing. And they, cause you can look at like, uh, you know, if you want it with spirit or soul or whatever, whether or not you, it's a religious thing, but whatever is making you and I talk. Right, whatever's the make, makes us cry and what makes us you know feel happy and makes us be afraid or, or everything be in between, everything in between what we know. Kind right, of. that's not a physical thing, but that's sitting in like a in a physical body with like bones and skin. So like that's uncomfortable. If you look biologically at how the body's made up, it's like yeah, it's physically a weird thing to be in, mm-hmm. and like we're sweating now, mm-hmm. and so like th- that's one thing, and then. And then trying to figure out, like, okay, how do I relate to this? And then you get <laughs> caught up in your own ego. And mm-hmm. then you start to buy into everything around you. It's like, oh, this is real. And then, like we were talking earlier, we're like, nobody's even looking at you. But we get so wrapped up in our own yeah. ego. And then once you can kind of, if you can, like, push a lot of that shit away and meditation is super helpful. And, like, what you just said, too, was kind of, I've learned to replace the negative thought, then think a positive thought. Mm-hmm. Just re programming myself constantly oh and I remember what I was gonna say earlier which was after my first couple years in stand-up when I moved here I was still like you know 25 um right before I got sober I I had that realization actually I think on a mushroom trip uh, (laughs) which might be one of the only good things that came of that which I realized my own power and how great I was meant to be and how many amazing powerful unique attributes were inside of me Casey Mm -hmm. um but I I had so much self-deprecating thought that would overrun that on in my daily life and what I realized was that only I was blocking myself from success Mm -hmm. it wasn't the guys in comedy that were patriarchal and it wasn't my mom who told me bad things and it wasn't the girls who were jealous of me in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just me projecting those things, which I guess in later years I learned about that I was projecting. Oh, yeah. And, you know, but it takes a long time. That doesn't just happen when you're like overnight. And I wouldn't say I'm a spiritual guru now, but I'm seeking. And the seeking has led me to be comfortable right now sitting with you. Yeah. I can sit still. I never, never sat still before. I was mm-hmm. up and around and in the bathroom and outside. And it's so nice to fucking sit still again. And yeah. meditation's given me that. So that's powerful. Yeah. And that to me, because I think once you have that, because I know people like money, don't get me wrong, having uh, money and perks. Yeah, That's, but just not getting lost in it like we were saying earlier. Right, and the, people are like, money is freedom because you can do one. You're like, yeah, but also... Mm, but, it can be uh, its own prison, right? like we I, were talking about. Yeah. yeah, and I've had this, like, I found a really happy balance between, like, so I'm not, like, I don't have, like, tons of money where I'm going out blowing money on stupid shit. No, same, but enough where I can 
eat out when I want to, or you take an Uber when you want to. Right. Well, the Uber is not. Oh, the, I have his credit card on my account. I, <gasps> I do not. Girl. Oh, girl. <laughs> what? I have ve- my. I have the. I'm sure you have great pussy. I don't want to. I mean, no, he's just a cool guy. Oh. I'm like. <laughs> yeah. No, I have great puss. Yeah. Good for you, girl. Yeah. No, I have. The, it's just. I'm not. I'm not paying for the Uber. It's on his American Express card. So. Um, and so is the Equinox membership. <laughs> That's beautiful. Can you talk about any projects you have coming out soon or, or your podcast? I know you just started Megan Rice was um, telling me about you guys co-hosting bi-coastally. Yeah, we do. I do start a new podcast with uh, Megan Rice and Stephen Penta. Um, so Megan's here in L.A. Stephen Penta is um, the co-host and the producer. He produces Guys We Fucked, and this is like his, Jammers is like his project that he wants to do. And I'm like, hell yeah. Cool. Because his girlfriend is Christina, who's the co- one of the co-hosts of Guys We Fucked. Christina Hutchinson. It's, ooh, and I, she I and I know. do Glamour Puss together in New York, which we just brought out to. So it's like this incestuous, like we're all just friends. And now it's this like thing where Steven's like, I want to do a podcast with you. Y'all making babies together, little project babies. And I'm like, yeah. So that's like this. So that's like the incestuous thing of that. So Steven is so fucking interesting and smart. And he's a great producer. He does a great job, but it's by Coastal. How can people find the podcast? Um, you can, I believe it's on my Twitter, but it's the Twitter and Instagram handle, or it's at Jammers with a Z pod. So it's J A M M E R Z P O D at Jammers Pod on cool. the social media, and it's Jammers. It's a selfish help podcast. So we bring in experts, something that we oh, want to do, awesome. and we like try to, you know, like learn a skill or something to improve our lives. And then the three of us try to either take out a negative habit for a week or implement a positive one for a week, and then we come back and talk about. That's awesome. I'm gonna listen. Yeah. How do people find you on Twitter and Instagram? Um, find me on uh, Twitter is at Wendy Starling, W E N D I S T A R L I N G, and on Instagram is Wendy Bird eighty two. And um, you'll have your shows posted there because yep. you're always doing shows. Yeah, so you're killing I, it. Yeah, the monthly show in New York is Glamour Puss, and then I'll come back when the movie comes out. So I have a movie, but that's know, gonna come that's out so like exciting. next year. I can't wait. I'm gonna watch it. Am yeah, I gonna yeah. cry the whole time? Because it's just the whole thing is just you crying, right? The whole. That's what they. That's how they tried to cut it, and I was like, I'm a happy person. It was so funny because my sugar daddy, he saw the trailer and he's just like, they made you look depressing. Why does everyone think? It's-? I'm like, I know. Why is it everything I do? People think like you must be really sad. I'm like, no. Yeah. He's like, you're a real happy person. I'm like, well, to be fair, you have the best the best cocaine, and I'm doing it on the rooftop <laughs> oh, of your penthouse. So that might how. Ha- I mean, I might be a little beautiful. bit. I might be extra happy when I'm around you. He's like, you're so upbeat. I'm like, well, you have great drugs. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> You're awesome. Thanks for doing this right before you fly out tonight. And um, I just want to shout out Meltdown Comics for having us. Always being awesome with my producer, Mason Booker. Come to Meltdown. It's just Nurse Central up in here. D&D playing in the back. There's comic books everywhere and everything you could dream of in your nerd world. And I'm Casey Coop. And this was Casey's Freak Show Podcast. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks, Casey. Bye. Bye.